The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. I had a mediocre day to be a Yankee fan on a Monday. It's a weird day to be weird day to be a Yankee fan. Yeah. Listen, hey, we we're gonna lose a series to a shit team eventually. You know, I don't. I believe I said from the beginning. I believe this team could win a World Series. I don't think that they were the odds-on favorite when it was assembled. They could get hot. They could win the division. They could have not made the playoffs. Like, there's a lot of flexibility here. But there was no situation where I thought, oh, they can set the the record for wins. That's not this team. No, I didn't think we were going to win 118, 119 games, yeah. too. And it, it just shows you the cyclical nature of the baseball season because it felt like for three weeks we just couldn't lose. And all of a sudden we blinked, and now we've lost three out of four. It, like, life comes at you quick, man. Yeah. Dude, it's been uh, – it was a, a wild weekend. I would have rather the doubleheader on Saturday, but they've got the homecoming dinner, so you can't do that. You know, We're letting off the field interfere with on the field. Um, but, hey, sometimes you lose them. Sometimes guys get injured. Sometimes guys get suspended. We don't have a full roster. We don't. And to be honest, the Chad Green injury was probably the least surprised I've ever been by an <laughs> yeah. injury ever in sports because we have been – beating this guy into the ground for, since 2017 and I actually did some did some research so when he got hurt I figured I'm like this guy's had to have thrown the most pitches of any reliever over the past five six years like it just had to be and I couldn't really find it just googling I'm not a huge stats guy my buddy who does some coding he actually wrote a script to figure out figure it out and green has he's thrown 5,690 pitches since 2017 which is the most by a reliever miguel castro is actually second it's funny because we also have him at 56 73 and i just I, I thought i saw i thought this would happen in 2019 2020 2021 oh yeah i'm, I'm shocked like i'm shocked it even took this long by the way matt ogden is my friend who found that so just quick shout out shout out to matt um do I know Matt? Did I meet him at the wedding? Yeah, he was at the wedding. Yeah, was he at my was he at my table? Believe he was. All right, that's my yeah. guy. Yeah. He, um, who did Joe Torre ruin? 
Joe Torrey ruined Scott Proctor. Scott Proctor. Oh, we've been sick. calling we've been calling Chad Green Scott Proctor since he threw sixty eight pitches before game five of the twenty nineteen ALCS. Like <laughs> I mean, we've been calling him Scott Proctor for a while. Like the, yeah, it was bound to happen. Least surprising thing. The timing sucks because like for him personally about to be a free agent has been very reliable, you know, for what he's done. Like, is he the best pitcher ever? No. At times he's been really great. At times he's really struggled, but with his performance, you can go out and get a couple tens of millions of dollars. Oh my God. Yeah. He got so screwed. And you look at this and it's like, this is why the players were holding out and they wanted to change up the service time, change up the free agency structure for exact situations like this. A guy that was underpaid and outperformed all of those minimum contracts. It's finally almost time for him to cash in and he blows out his arm. And and it, to me, it was just so eerily similar to Dellen, man. We did the same thing with Dellen. Beat him into the ground. He gets hurt his contract year, and he's pretty much out of baseball now. So, I, I mean, I know we're not, like, friends with these guys and stuff, but I do I do feel for Green just because he's been such a horse for us. He's been so durable, never complains. He's never a distraction. It just, it just sucks that this happened to him. Yeah, no, I mean, it, he's a guy who I don't know that I've ever seen smile to begin with. Um, but at the same time, like, he just – he looks – he looks sad in the dugout when they show him. Yes. Because this was going to like, he, you know, he was a secret weapon in 2017. You know, he's had some versatility and I don't know what he's making now, but it's not a ton. Three, 4 million, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Which is still, I mean, more money than most of the people listening to this will make in a lifetime. Um, but he was set up to get, you know, three years, 21 million, Something like that. Yeah, he's making $4 million this year, which is also weird to say. He's made, after this year, he'll have made eight, um, eight and a half million dollars, which is a lot of money to make in your life, but you're paying a lot of taxes, spending some. Yeah, another $20 million would have set him up. And he was making nothing and being a top 10 reliever. I mean, 2017, 2018, 2019 wasn't making a whole lot of money. And he was he was carrying the team, throwing more pitches than than any other reliever. It just sucks to see. And when you look at the bullpen as a whole and how it affects everything, all of a sudden, you know, Chapman sucks now. He's averaging 96.4 miles an hour on his fastball. He's got an, some sort of Achilles issue. His MRI is clean, but probably still going on the IL. I think that was just an, that was a classic boon, just making an excuse for – for a player, I, I thought. I mean, dude, I think Chapman's just wearing down. Like, this dude's been pumping triple digits for, what, 12 years? It, it makes sense that he's just wearing down. He's, I think he's just old. Yeah, he's just older, smoking cigarettes, probably lifting too much weight. You know, who knows? Like, obviously, he's ripped, but, like, is he ripped in the way, you know, baseball's not a bodybuilding contest. It's not, and just the pure physics of it. Like, how many guys have we seen that have been consistently throwing 100 for over a decade? I, he's really the only one that I can think of like the body's really like we talk about pitchers not being, you know, you're not supposed to throw a million pitches like that. Yeah. You're really not supposed to throw a million pitches at 103 miles an hour over a decade. So it makes sense. Plus when you can do that and sometimes you're like, you know what? I have a really shitty flat slider. Let me throw that in too. That's not going to help. So it's kind of like, where do we go from here? I, I just talked about how life comes at you fast. All of a sudden greens down, you know, Chapman definitely looks compromised. And now you kind of have to decide. We don't have heel. Heel can't come up yep. and like fill in one of those roles. He's down for the so year. Is Clay, Holmes the clo Clay Holmes is the closer. Now all of a sudden you kind of have a soft underbelly in the middle now. 
yeah, Lewisica struggled at times. King has had some of his worst appearances. So you got to hope that some of these guys could step up. There's going to have to – I mean, I don't think Wandy Peralta's pitched in three weeks. Um, you know, some of these guys are going to have to step up. Some guys in the minor leagues are going to get, uh, you know, an opportunity. Uh, I wonder who – and I haven't looked at minor league stats and how, like, some of these guys are doing, but is there an opportunity for someone to kind of do what Seve did? You know, someone who maybe isn't ready or hasn't performed at the major league level, who's a starter in AAA, to, can come in and be a bolt guy and do two innings. The answer to that is Clark Schmidt, I think. He's kind of proven that he can't really go the length of a starter. He's had injury issues when he's tried to start. They're not really using him right now. I throw him in there, and I also think they have to decide how they're going to use Mike King. Do they want to use him as you know the once a week comes in and throws three innings guy, or do they want to use him three times a week, use him more, and he only throws one inning? I think they have to figure out how they want to use those two. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been in favor of the like throw the best guy at the best time, like you know, based on the situation, um, the way Francona did with you know Andrew Miller. But that's got to start from somewhere. Like you can't go in with like a grab bag. You you've got to have you know we're looking to go six two one or you know whatever the system is. And our starters, I mean, we're wasting really good starts out of guys. Oh my god! Yeah, yesterday yesterday was brutal. If you were to tell me going in that we were gonna have a doubleheader, we get two seven shutout inning starts and lose both games. I, nobody would have believed you. No. Nobody would have believed. I mean, that was insane. Against the White Sox, too. Like, it's not, you know, we're not up against Cole and Verlander in, you know, 2019, you know. And that was the frustrating thing for me. We weren't facing Lance Lynn. We weren't facing Lucas Giolito. They got a bunch of guys injured. I mean, they're a 500 team, and, and they kind of punked us at home. So let's let's just get into it. We're going to get into the, you know, the Tim Anderson Donaldson thing. But the, the big thing that I noticed here, I am sick and tired of whoever our villain is getting the last laugh. You go back to ju- last July, we were punking the Astros all weekend, mocking them. Altuve hits a walk-off homer. Yep. Last September against the Mets, Stanton gets into it with Lindor on Sunday night baseball. They're drawing at each other. Lindor hits three homers, and I I think the Mets walked off on Sunday night. And then, obviously, Tim Anderson and Donaldson have their thing. Anderson hits a three-run homer, pimps the shit out of it on on Sunday night to kind of bury us. If you were going to get into these beefs and these tiffs, win. Get the last laugh. I am tired of our enemies and and these guys getting the last laugh on us. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Tim Anderson home run was so predictable. It was like, oh, oh, he's ob- he's obviously about to go deep right now. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a matter of, like, guys stepping up. I mean, I have talked for years about Judge being statistically one of the least clutch players. Um, you know, he had his first walk-off last year, and it was a walk. Um, he's, he's really stepped up, you know, and he hit that big home run um, earlier in the day. And, you know, there's the opportunity there. But as a team, there is to a certain extent, and we talked about it, I think it was last week. Like, if we went into Fenway, Judge isn't bringing the boombox. Sometimes we still get distracted by the off the field or, like, the other things that aren't the X's and O's of the game. And that ends up costing us because our head's not fully in it. Or we choose to do these things. Like, we don't get into the Tino Armando Benitez fight. And then that like sparks the team. We right, go out right. there and then it just like, we roll over and get our belly rubbed. Yeah. Like we get in these tiffs and then we lose every single time. 
It's, it's like it doesn't it doesn't ignite them or anything. I mean, I remember they had that big fight against the Tigers. I think it was 2017, maybe, and yeah. they on a little with like Romine and Miguel Cabrera. With, uh, and they did go on a little run after that, but since then, uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that with uh, David Robertson running out of the dug uh, out of the bullpen. That's a great <laughs> gif. It is, it is. But Sevy was great last night. Seven shutout. I'm I'm trying to be cautious, but it kind of looks like he's back. ERA down to around three. Seven shutout innings, first time in like four years. He went, he went seven innings. I'm starting to get fired up about him. It's good. I mean, we have every reason to, you know. And then once we get really fired up about him, something like he'll get COVID or something, you know. Like it'll just be like one of those situations. You you do have to knock wood with him. And Tyone is down under a three. He pitched great yesterday. There's something about him. I. I don't know if it's just his face, the way he carries himself. I just – he doesn't give me that bulldog, like I'm taking the ball, like Tyone's go- – like, I've never woken up and gone, oh, Tyone's going today. Like let's go. For some reason, he just doesn't spark that feeling in me. Yeah. No, it's just – yeah, it's not It's not there. <laughs> right? Like he could have a zero ERA and I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, he's kind of doofy looking. The hairline's atrocious. Um, that's got to be it. Yeah. That's just what it is. You're just like, ah – I don't have a lot of faith in you with my eyes. <laughs> it has nothing to do with ability. I just look at you and I'm like, is that the guy I want to have my back no matter what? I don't know. I don't know. All right, you want to talk about Tim Anderson and Josh yeah, Donaldson? Let's do it. Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you lead that. All right. So I assume most people who are listening to this know the full story, but I'll just do a quick run through of it. Um twenty nineteen, Tim Anderson did an interview with Sports Illustrated where he said he feels like he's the new Jackie Robinson because he's changing the game. Okay. Is it the smartest, like, comparison? I don't know, because, like, just Jackie Robinson signified so much. But whatever. It's not the end of the world. uh, The Braves played the White Sox in the second half of that season, and Josh Donaldson says that he called him Jackie then. He was in the same division for 2020 and 2021, playing for the Twins. Said he called him Jackie then. Um, and then uh, three last week, there was a play at third base, and Josh Donaldson kind of slid into making the tag and tried to nudge Tim Anderson off the base. Is it dirty baseball? Maybe. I mean, it's not like no one can get hurt from it. It's dirty if like he went in spikes first. That's gamesmanship. I wouldn't yeah. even say dirty. Yeah. Well, some people will. But so I'm acknowledging that some people will. I'm fine with it, you know, especially when you don't get the call. It's not like he got him out. Right, right. Tim Anderson took exception to that and uh, shoved Donaldson. Then Donaldson on Saturday goes into second base. Tim Anderson has something to say to him. Josh Donaldson said something with Jackie in it. I don't know, like, the full sentence. It, it, I would imagine that it wasn't just like, okay, Jackie, you know, or like, shut the fuck up, Jackie, something like that. Um, next time Donaldson goes up, catcher gets in his ear, in his face. Umpire looked like a bitch. Donaldson just stood there. Grandel's pointing out to Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson comes running in. Josh Donaldson never loses his cool. Stands there the whole time. After the game, is asked about it. Tim Anderson says, he called me Jackie. I think that's inappropriate. 
Tony LaRussa in between swigs of bourbon behind the wheel of his car <laughs> says he's a racist. Josh Donaldson stood there and owned it. Similar to the, the guy in Philly who was like, I fucking hate it here. And then just stood there and said, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I said that. I was upset at the time. Okay. Josh Donaldson then explained this whole story. Says it's not racist. Guy called himself Jackie Robinson. Guy called himself ja- the new Jackie Robinson. He has since then, he won the batting title that year, like barely qualifying, and has led the league in nothing since. Has been an all-star, has been great, but like he's not Jackie Robinson. Caliber player. Josh Donaldson is a dickhead. Josh Donaldson will try to get under your skin as a dickhead to get the advantage. I don't believe Josh Donaldson uh, had racist intentions. If other people come out and they're like, yeah, no, he used to throw around N-bombs all the time, or he says this to Hispanic players. Totally different story. I think it was gamesmanship and, like, close to the line. I think, like, Donaldson knew what he was doing. He knows Tim Anderson's not going to be like, fuck, yeah, that's right, I am, Jackie. Like, he's going to be, he might be offended. Hopefully not in a this is racist way, just in a, like, fuck this guy, man, I got to hit better, and then I don't. Similar to what the Yankees do when things get tough. Um, And now it's come out. We're recording. It's 530. Josh Donaldson has been placed on the COVID IL. And has been suspended one game. He, I don't know if he could have served the suspension while on the IL. I doubt it. But like they could have just waited a day to put him on the IL then or whatever. Um but he's appealing because he doesn't want to be branded as like I was suspended for being a racist. I think Tony LaRusa jumped to it too fast of to course. start calling people a racist. Um, I think MLB was right to investigate it. And they said, like, hey, we're going to investigate it. Their reasoning, though, I found to be bullshit. They said what he said was inappropriate. That's an argument that I could buy. But they said, and his actions contributed to a benches clearing situation. He walked to home plate. He stood in the batter's box, never left the batter's box through the whole thing. How is Grandall not suspended? He had more to do with, like, if I punch you in the face and you hit me back, that's self-defense. If your friend two hours later comes and hits me, that's assault. That's a separate situation that he caused. Yeah, Grandal's kind of getting a pass here, and and you know I'll dive into this a little bit. I hated Josh Donaldson before he was a Yankee. He's known for trying to get under people's skin. I don't He's think there's anyone who's like I want. Like we made the trade, and we said like, hey, no, this is why it's good, right? We found the the good in it. Nobody ever, if he was making five million dollars a year instead of sixteen million dollars, no one was like, you know what? I want to add Josh Donaldson to my team. No one. No, no, exactly. And I think I think he did know what he was doing. I do think he was trying to get under Tim Anderson's skin, but I don't think there was any malicious racist intent here. And I also think the situation might have been different if the White if the White Sox were winning. I think this might have been totally different. Remember, we beat the shit out of them last weekend in Chicago, took three out of four. You know, they were winning on Saturday when this happened. I think the White Sox and Tim Anderson and all of them were frustrated. And remember, Tim Anderson does have a bit of a temper. He's been suspended twice, once for touching an umpire, another time for something with a bat flip and he got thrown at and and freaked out. So I don't think either of these guys are are choir boys. I think this is 
good old-fashioned competition in a way. It's trash talk. Yeah, and if Tim Anderson said he felt it was inappropriate, Josh Donaldson can never call him Jackie again. Sure, sure. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. If he does it again, I still don't know that it's racist, but like, if a guy goes, hey, when you say that, it makes me feel that way. Good, don't make him feel that way. If, if it's racist, if he's just like, I don't like him saying it because it gets in my head, fucking get a sign across the street from his house that says Jackie. You know, like, throw him off his game. That's what I think Donaldson was doing. I obviously don't know everything. Um, I thought it was, I mean, they moved quickly for this suspension. I think the one game, so Joe Kelly was on the radio in Chicago when this came down. And so they said, oh, looks like Josh Donaldson suspended one game. And he just goes, I got eight games for making a face. <laughs> That's which, pretty funny. Which does go to like a larger, I mean, I think it's across like all leagues, but like the suspensions just don't make sense. Like the length, he gets eight games for that. The was the, the guy on the Braves gets caught by the cops actively beating up his girlfriend. He gets 20 games. Bauer gets two years. Like, yeah. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. what's right, what's wrong, you know, whatever. I'm just saying there's no consistency. No, I think MLB had no idea what I think they had no idea what to do here. I think they wanted to to, you know, sort of satisfy the people that, that were upset at Donaldson, but I also think they didn't they didn't want to penalize Donaldson too much because they weren't really sure. They, they, I don't think they were really I mean, sure. I mean, the guy when the guy goes, "Hey, this is what I said." Like, here's what I said. I said, it, "Here's why I said it." It's all on tape, you know, the the history. Yeah. It'd be like I don't think Josh Donaldson is a total moron. But I don't think he's coming up with, like, here's this whole elaborate lie in the, like, no, three no. innings of game that's left. Like, he's been doing it. And then on the White Sox side, I forget who said one player was just like, well, inside jokes are with people who you're friends with. Because John Donaldson was like, I thought it was an inside joke. Like, you know, whatever. I've said it to the guy before. So, like, yeah, maybe it's not an inside joke. Maybe he's just fucking with you. Maybe it's not a joke. Maybe he's just trying to fuck with Tim Anderson, which I'm fine with. Um, he just can't, you know, he can't say Jackie again. I don't think he should be suspended. This is just competition, unless there is more. If it's just that comment, I don't think there's enough to suspend. No, no, I, I agree. You know what I equated to? Have you ever, has somebody ever gone up to you and called you a nickname or made a joke and you kind of didn't like it the first time, but you kind of laughed and smiled and just hoped to go away and maybe they do it again the next time they see you and then you're annoyed. It's like, all right, why are you saying this again? That's what I kind of equate this to. Like, I think the first time he did it in 2019, Tim Anderson probably laughed it off and whatever. And then he did it again yesterday and Tim Anderson's like, you know what? Now we're losing and, and I don't like this. This isn't funny anymore. Yeah. yeah. I, I was at a wedding in France. And there was a dude who was in my frat like the year after I graduated. And he was invited to the same wedding. Da-da-da, we're hanging out. I'm a bigger guy. People are on the dance floor or whatever. And he like patted my belly. And I was like, all right. And he came back and did it again. And I grabbed his hand and go, stop. And then he came back again and I threw him in the fucking wall. Well, yeah, the third time, that's just totally yeah, on. And that's what it time is. What, that second time is exactly what I'm referring yeah. to. You were willing to laugh it off and smile the first time, and then it's like, okay, now I'm annoyed. And so that's what I'm saying. So the second time is where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I found that disrespectful. Great. Now if Josh Donaldson does it again, you put him in a wall. There's no problem with that. And, like, if they come out, like I said, if there's, like, a history of racist comments, which I don't know. Because, like, I tweeted – 
Josh Donaldson had a catcher in gear in front of him, a whole team behind him, and he just stood there. And people were like, well, because he's a fucking racist. Oh, you support racism? And I was just like, well, I don't know what the, like, what are you you're talking also about? Very, you're also very out there. I mean, your views on things. I don't know why, yeah. any, especially you. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I was just like, also, you know, I'm not watching the whole game on the internet. Like, I saw that happen, and I carried on living my life, kept the game on, but... Like, it's just, it, it's a, we're very quick to jump to everything's racist. And I think it can take away from the things that are actually racist. Uh, but, like, I fully support, like, investigations. Like, they should have investigated this. I think they should investigate it more. And if there's nothing, though, this is just fucking boys being boys, trying to push a guy off a base, get it, you know. That's the same thing as, like, well, it's not exactly the same, but like the actually no, the pushing off the base thing is the same as like you get mad at a catcher for framing a pitch, yep. kind of part of the game. You're just trying to get an advantage, yeah. yeah, shit like that. And I want to go on the record. I I like I feel like the way both of these guys play. I don't I don't think Tim Anderson's a a bad guy. I you know even though he's gotten suspended this stuff, he plays with an edge. They, him and Donaldson, they both play very hard. They give I a fuck. All, yeah, that's I don't all we're looking for. To be best friends with the other. With the guys on other teams, like I think this is good for the game. I think Anderson's good for the game. I think guys like Donaldson who play with an edge are also good for the game. Like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little fireworks as long as there wasn't malicious intent, which I don't think there was. Watch, we end up facing them in the playoffs. Dude, I would love that. I, I want them. I want them in the playoffs. A, it would be electric, and B, I think they are a great matchup for us. Like, for some reason, I just feel like very confident against the White Sox. I also like when the White Sox are in the playoffs, they do uh, they do blackouts where, like, they tell everyone to wear black. I do kind of appreciate when, like, fan bases do that, mm-hmm. where they're just like, hey, everyone just wear, wear black to the game. We're going to wear the black uniforms. Um, like, if they just told everyone to wear navy for a Yankee game or, you know, pinstripe or whatever, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, when I was a senior in college, I went up to uh, Penn State for a weekend from Delaware, and they were doing one of those whiteouts. And I didn't even go to the game. We were just tailgating. But I remember my buddy being like, like you have to wear some sort of white shirt or like you're going to look like a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I think it's tough. Like with the Yankees, it's tough because like everything's so expensive. And like what do you – if you just tell everyone to wear navy, I don't know. Blacks, yeah, I, I mean, like people are going to wear their pinstripe jerseys, and then you got the other people who are just like me that are just going to wear navy hoodies. It really wouldn't work for us. Yeah, yeah, it, it, we're an unruly fan base, and they don't. The Yankees aren't big like they're like they are new school in some ways, but they're very like they don't really give out towels or bell. Like they're very that's cheap. They're cheap. They're cheap. <laughs> they're cheap. We're doing rally towels. First fifteen fans, dude. I didn't get the. Uh, we never found out if I would have actually kept the pet at bobblehead because that. Yeah. So what happened? So you you didn't go. Dude, uh, it ruined. Can I be honest? It ruined my entire weekend. I'll, I'll be honest. As soon as I got the notification, I was going to text you and I was like, I don't want to deal with his depression right now because I knew you were sad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to be a, a caring shoulder. You go through the whole week, right? And you're just looking forward to it. Friday night. And I'll, the, the forecast looked great all week. That was the other thing. I checked Thursday night at like 7 o'clock. It said, you know, 10% chance of rain, 80 degrees so clear. I'm I have up. notifications set up for your tweets. If you tweet anything, you reply to someone, original tweet, I get a push notification. Gotcha. Okay. And I saw you reply to Stanzo. And we're like, you think we play tonight? And at that point, I was like, what the fuck is he even talking about? Because I had looked at the weather. I hadn't looked that day. But I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course you're going to play. Got out, got away from you guys fast. 
Dude, it, it was brutal. Yeah, I woke up and it was just like, oh, 50% rain. I was like, okay, this is probably just in the morning or something. Then it was like 7 o'clock through 10 o'clock. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then, you know, I had basically built my entire weekend schedule around going to this Friday night game. So I'd made a haircut appointment, you know, Saturday, all this stuff. And I was like, all right, if they make it a double header Saturday night, like that's perfect. I could go to game two. No, they make it for Sunday. And it just, it just totally, totally ruined everything. And I'll be honest, when I, when I saw the DJ Grand Slam on Saturday, I was a little bit bitter because I was like, ah, I was supposed to see that. Like, this is supposed to be my game. This is my Grand Slam. <laughs> Did you think about going Sunday? Was it the first game? Yeah, it would have been the first no, game. No, I had pre, I had plan, I had family stuff on Sunday. And to be honest, even me, like, I'm not, I'm not dying to sit through a doubleheader, two nine inning games in a row. As much as I love baseball and love the Oh, yeah, it was a single uh, admission. Yeah, that's a lot yeah, for yeah. anybody, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it definitely is. My wife and I did one where we were in a suite, and then we made them restock this. Everyone left, and it was just us in the suite, and we just made them restock it and just had a sushi boat to ourselves. In, like, a September, like, 2016, we're not making the playoffs doubleheader. I remember you went to a lot of games. You were telling me you went to a lot of games during those, like, dead years. Yeah. Like, 15, 16. And you went to Jeter night, right, When, when they gave him the plaque? Yep. So that was a doubleheader, but it wasn't planned. They decided like the day before. Yeah, yeah. So I was – it was Mother's Day. Yes. Because I have behind me a pink Yankees Mother's Day hat, but with the Jeter patch on it. Nice, nice. Um, I think like – I don't know. Some company sent it to me. Uh, so it was Mother's Day. We lived in New York. We had to do Mother's Day in Margate, New Jersey, so like Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, well, I got to go. And drove up, had a rental car that I was like pretty much left like, yo, this is running. Like, here, just fucking take this car. And then we hopped right in an Uber, and I got there right before the ceremony started. I was in suite four, and he was in suite two. That's nuts. Um, They cleared the hallway. Like, cleared the hallway. They were like, you couldn't. If you, it's the f- second inning of the game, and if you think you need to go in the hallway, you can just fucking go outside the stadium. Like you're not, like people wanted to like try to catch him. I told my wife I was like, hey, if I meet him, like just start snapping pictures. Like I can't pose for a picture with him. Like I'll be, right, I'll right. look too weird. Just get, yeah, yeah. Just take a hundred pictures. Like I've never met the man. Um, but yeah. And yeah, that was a double header. I remember I got there in like the third inning of the first game and stayed through the whole ceremony. It was a long day. The and the only other thing and we got our dicks kicked in. Tanaka, got Tanaka was awful. Yeah. Oh my god! I think they were down like five nothing, and of course that was against Houston. That was like, like the beginning of our yeah. beginning of our Houston torture. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But but yeah, what are you thinking, what are you thinking for, for this week? I, I want to sweep at home, 100%. Well, you have to. I mean, it's all like it's the only thing that will make us all feel more comfortable heading into Memorial Day weekend. Is like we need to first of all like we need to sweep Baltimore. Like yeah. no ifs ands or buts about it. We just need to sweep Baltimore. There's no excuses of like weird fences. Um I do love DJ's Grand Slam was in the first row. Like we we're headed into the first row of every stadium in the league. I love it. I lo- I love listening to people cry about the dimensions. Like like it is so I used to hate it and now I'm just embracing it. If dude, if you want to watch a sport where every dimension's the same, football, you know, basketball, it's all a basic rectangle, it's all the same. It's kind of one of the cool things about baseball, I think that all the dimensions are different. Yeah, hey, it would have been a home run in one ballpark. Which one were they playing in? Oh, that <laughs> oh that one? Okay. Like, is what it is. The other thing is that the opposing managers, like, they're just wrong half the time. Like, the Rangers manager, when he said that, and, and they showed it, it would have been a home run in, like, 25 out of the 30 parks. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, they love to just jump. Because, like, you just assume. You can assume that, like, yeah, no, oh, yeah, it was never going to get get there. And, like, you're wrong. You're aggressively wrong. I like seeing the anger. I like uninformed opinions that eventually get dunked on. Oh, yeah. It's the best. But no, anytime you're playing a three-game series against the Orioles and Cole is starting one of the games, like my rule is you have to sweep that series. If if Cole's not pitching and you take two out of three, fine. But you basically have an automatic win, and then you got to just take the other two. That's how I look at it. Well, now, I mean, it's a matter of they lost the last one in Baltimore, which I think everyone was – we're all – you know, it, it wasn't pretty. You never want to lose a game. But we were all willing to just kind of like let that one roll off our backs – like, ah, you know what, four-game series on the road, you get walked off, whatever. We'll just kind of keep it moving. We fought. Um, and then rain out, you win the one at home, and it's like, all right, we're back to rolling. But now when you lose two in a row, you've lost three out of four, you've got to, like, you gotta, you got to plant your foot. Like, we're not, you know, we're not going any further. We're not, we're not losing another game. Does no, that make no. sense? Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. And I felt the same way. And it's funny how things switch. Like Thursday, I was like, eh, whatever. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, Like now we got to win. I don't know. I know you're not a big gambler, but they are, they're like minus 335 tonight. They're huge, huge favorites. They're like the biggest favorite at the, in a couple of weeks in, in Major League Baseball. So unless something catastrophic happens, they, they should win. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got Cole up against Lyles, who's like yeah. barely in the league. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because um, I just opened Yankees.com and it's just Nestor Cortez wearing a cheese head hat, not a cheese head, like a cheese cowboy hat because they're hosting a garden, the garden that they have started in uh, Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I love this guy's just the fucking face of the team here. I mean, people love Cortez, but it says Nestor Cortez and Michael King speak at a garden event hosted by at Yankee Stadium. Imagine being a fucking kid and being like, yeah, we're going to the school event. And I got Mike King. <laughs> I mean, like, great. He's playing well, but like, that's just not exciting. Yeah. I mean, Cole, this is a good position for Cole to be in a good position for fans who like who want to see maybe a little more out of Cole and see him um you know be an ace 
really. You know, we uh, this is a point in time where, you know, in previous years, it'd be like, all right, great. Like, we've got CC going right now, maybe Tanaka going right now. Just a guy who feel like is going to stop the skid. Um, and right now, it would be Cole or, or Nestor. So I'm glad we've got one of them. Yeah, and Cole was good against the Orioles last time, seven innings, two runs. But we haven't seen that, like, 15 strikeout game yet right like that's what i'm waiting for with cole like he had the last year he had the complete game shutout in houston i think the angels game he struck out 16 he had a couple of those like i'm waiting for that yeah i just i don't know what it is like the vibe is like i just don't see that being against baltimore on a monday like Mm -hmm. that's like a a friday night houston yeah type thing like when the lights are brighter he like steps up to it where it's like i'm gonna play down to my competition and only strike out eight you know (laughs) No, no, that's true. But yeah, he should he should dominate them. Uh, we will see Adley Adley Rutschman, their much hyped prospect. First of all, I thought it was hilarious. I, I actually liked this tweet. Somebody tweeted it. It was like the Orioles had three years to basically plan the Adley Rutschman debut. They do it on the day of the Preakness, and they announce it day of, and they got like sixteen thousand fans for his debut. Like how how horribly planned was that in terms of ticket sales? I also I didn't know. I guess I forgot he went to college. Like I thought. I thought he was younger. He's 24. Yeah, like he's not a young man. No, no. I'm not not worried. Dude, especially with this. We're already dealing with Bichette and Vlad and Wander Franco. What's one more on the Orioles? Like who cares? Yeah. No, I'm not not super worried about him. Um, But yeah, no, they really did mess that up because like I'm, you know, good buddies with RDT from Barstool and he's been like – Kind of hang obsessed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, because what else do you have? Like, yeah, yeah. Cal's not walking through that door. Manny signed somewhere else. Like whenever he tweets something about like a Machado highlight for the Padres, I'm just like, dude, he doesn't love you. Just <laughs> move on. Um, but you know, he was so excited for it. Like he went. He tried to get me to go. He texted me on Saturday and was like, "Yo, I got an extra ticket because I bought two and no one will go with me." <laughs> It was just the most honest thing. I can't imagine going to Camden Yards and not seeing the Yankees. Like I just, I just don't have that in me. As cool of a park as it is, as fun as it is, like I just, I don't see that. If I had to be there for work in that area, and my hotel happened to be the one across the street, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) It's a maybe. Hard, hard, maybe. Yeah. No, I've also been there a lot. So it's like, I don't really care that much. Like I've been like, oh, I'm in Atlanta for work. I'll go catch a Braves Pirates game just because I want to see the stadium. But yeah, no, right. Baltimore. Exactly. But we've already. Yeah. We, have you been to the National Stadium? Speaking of like that area. Not the Nationals. I saw them play uh, the Yankees at RFK when they first like came in the league. Oh, like what? Like 2006, 2005. Yeah, I was in, when I was in college. Yeah. We wow. Dro- okay. How, that's like a real, that was like a football stadium. Yeah. I got, a, I literally got a splinter in my ass from the seats. Like they were so like old and shitty, but wow. yeah, it was Damn. like in college. I went on like Craigslist and got tickets, you know, from, they used to sell tickets on Craigslist. Yeah. Dude, before StubHub, like, yeah, you could just like, you would just like meet a guy on the internet and then like meet him in person. Oh, I was going to ask, did he mail it to you? So you, you would just physically link up with him. Yeah, because like they didn't even have the ability to like transfer tickets. Like I didn't have an iPhone. Like I had a flip phone. You know, it's 2006. iPhones don't exist yet. So like you needed a ticket. Some places could, could ma- email it to you. But some stadiums weren't even set up to have you like print out your own tickets and scan it. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I remember me and my dad, maybe like the early 2000s, like 03, 04. We, sometimes we'd buy tickets on eBay. And I'd remember it'd be like, oh, we have to buy them in time for them to ship it to us. You yeah. know what I mean? So it arrives before the game. All stuff you don't have to think about now. It, it is wild when you think about it. Yeah, like I, my wife is an Eagles fan. And we were in college. And I took her to a preseason Eagles-Ravens game. You can imagine like what the tickets cost. It was like... 10 bucks, 15 yeah. bucks. But like, that's all the money you have at the time. And we drove down to Baltimore and like, I met a, we met a guy and he was so weird looking like this guy. He looked like he thought he was going bird watching. He was like, <laughs> Oh, Ravens Eagles. I found out that these are not that. So I'll, I'll be a creep on Craigslist. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. T- times have changed after, after the Orioles, we've talked about this, how tough the schedule gets. Yeah. We got four We got four at the trap, man. That is going to be like – I feel like that's like our midterm, right? Like let's see how good we really are. Yeah, I mean because it also wraps up this stretch of games. So it's like – it's not like – I guess, yeah, it is like a midterm or like – you know, I know it's not the all-star break yet, but it's like the final of the first semester. Because we're at the quarter point, I think. We're like right at the 25% mark, I think. Of this yeah, season. I think we're like just pa- just past it. Yeah, yeah. But like we're going to play these three. And then, yeah, I mean, we're five games up. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like if we could sweep the Orioles and then go down and just split a series in Tampa, like. That's great. Like we're not necessarily we're not in a prevent defense yet. Where we're trying to eat up calendar, but in theory, if we were to sweep this series, be thirty two and twelve, the Rays lose one game in the next three. You know, now we're six games up. You go, you get a split. Let's just keep it moving. Right, and then the flip side is if we don't sweep the Orioles and the Rays have a big week and we lose three out of four, all of a sudden we're only whatever two games up. Like it, it can turn quickly that's the thing we don't have this insurmountable lead yet yeah you look forward to division games because it's when you can you know really separate from the pack but at the same time like it could go wrong fast i mean we've buried teams we've both been yankee fans for a long time like i remember i it was 96 i remember we got up like 11 and a half games on baltimore and i was like holy fucking shit like we're really gonna fucking do this like the yankees may win the World Series. I my Danny Tartable pogs are gonna be worth something. Um and then like, you know, from there, then you get through that, you get a day off or yeah, do we have one day off? So they have Memorial Day off, which is really So weird. odd. So odd. You know what's even more fucked up there? I already checked they're off fourth of July. They are? Because like every time like you know we're we're in the time of the year where like you start to talk to your significant other about right fourth of July plans. So I always look at the schedule so if I see, oh, the Yankees play at 1 o'clock, you know, I'll push for us to do, like, something at night somewhere. You know, I try and finagle it. And I looked, and they didn't play. I was like, oh, we can do whatever you want. Like, they're not even playing. They don't – in the month of July, they don't play on a Monday at all. They're off every Monday, all of July. The one, one of them is a home run derby, but – and I hope no one's in it from the Yankees, but – So our, the, that Orioles series, is that the first – Oh, they have a doubleheader with Houston? That got added. That's from the first week of the uh, season. Man, that's brutal. Yeah. Coming off the Austin. So, but a lot of teams have that. So they have home run derby, all-star break, or all-star game one day off, and then a doubleheader. That's not much of a break at all, no. to be honest. Not at all. And they had built in, the league had built in the extra day off 
years ago, like a couple years ago, to give guys more time off, but buffer for, you know, if we really got to start making up time because of rain or snow or whatever, and they just haven't, um, haven't, you know, you know, been needed to do this. But when you miss the first week of the season, they got to make up those games somewhere. Yeah, I'd rather them just push it longer because if you look at this, if you look at July, I mean, that's going to be an emotional week. They got three against the Red Sox. They have the All-Star Game festivities. They go to Houston for that doubleheader. They play the Orioles, but then they go they go to City Field and they go to the Mets. That's going to be an intense two weeks for sure. Yeah, I mean, I hope that – so who's going to be an All-Star? Judge, Stanton, maybe, maybe DJ, Nestor. Holmes. Has to be. I mean, is he is he gonna statistically be there? He's got he's got his ERA is around one. He's got to be, and he's got the best ground ball rate. And now he's the closer. I'd be pretty surprised. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think when they start picking the pitchers, they're like, who's got the best ground ball rate? No, no who, who's got the most ERA? Who's got the most saves? You know, I, I think Clay Holmes will be an All Star this year. I think usually we send Chapman out of the pen, but that ain't happening. I think it'd be great if he is. I just can't, you know, guarantee that he would be. He's got but, a .42 ERA. If he doesn't make and a .6 WHIP, he he better okay. make it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we still got a month and a half until that too. We said so, who? We said Judge Stanton, Cole Nestor, him. That's five. Yeah, I mean DJ could be an All Star. Rizzo DJ could. Rizzo could. That's probably. I mean that's that's probably it, right? I mean Tyon, yeah. Tyon's not gonna no Tyon's got an ERA under three. Um, somebody who's not going to be an All Star is Aaron Hicks. Yeah, he I fucking sucks, dude. I think we've gone from like, oh, good contract. No, he's a starter. No, he's a reserve. And like at this point, I think it's just the conversation is, do we cut him? But, well, the good contract was because when you get into year six and seven, you can walk away from the two million dollars, the ten million dollars. You didn't think it happened in season three and four. You know, that's the problem. He's so broken, dude. And you know what it is? I think not that he was ever some monster power hitter, but but I that wrist surgery clearly sapped whatever little power he had left. The guy has one homer. Well, he's got twenty nine more coming. So you gotta factor <laughs> that in. He said that with a straight face. That was impressive. And I mean he's gonna steal thirty bases, but he's gonna picked off at second. Like it oh is my God. it's Beyond, so when you're just not hitting, right? So like Gallo's not hitting. I feel like there's a correction somewhere that can be made. When you're getting, it's like when Gary was struggling, he's getting thrown out at third base with a ground ball in front of him all the time. (laughs) And you're just like, you're not there. You're trying to do too much. You're pushing. The game's not coming to you naturally. You're not letting the ball come to you. I mean, every ball hit in center field. He might as well be jogging around the reservoir in Central Park. Like, there is no urgency to anything he's doing in the field. And you just wonder, like, does he know? It's a clear effort problem. I mean, the Baltimore, so the Thursday Baltimore game, there was a sack fly. And I I mean, like, I played outfield. You're taught you sprint to the spot, and then you get a running head start so you can, like, fire the ball in. And, you know, this is the eighth inning, and there's guys on base. And he he jogs back and kind of catches it in stride and lobs it in. And I think it was – uh, Phil Nevin's kid took second and yeah. he ended up being he ended up being the tying run. So it's just like this is very basic fundamental baseball stuff. The 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 game that Judge hit that walk off homer, he jogged after a ball too. And it I mean he got bailed out by Judge, but like this is not the first time he's been jogging. I mean, last year he was jogging. Yeah. Like it's 
you know, he wasn't the most fleet of foot, right? We didn't think he'd ever be a 30-30 guy no, like he, no, no, like no, he no. currently is. But he, um, like, there was more athleticism. Like, the athleticism has just fallen down so bad. Like, if he, if he hit 250 and gave a fuck, like, great. But he doesn't have the arm anymore. And Tommy John sapped the arm, and then yeah. the, the wrist surgery sapped the power. Everything's been kind of, yeah. I think he's just a shell of himself trying to get through. I mean, career 232 hitter, career 331 OBP. People talk about him like he's this hes this on-base machine. He sees a lot of pitches, and then he strikes out at the end. Like, he'll strike out on the ninth pitch out of the zone. And, and he's really a symbol of playoff failure because, like, even in the playoffs, like, he knows what pitches not to swing at. But when, when we're facing a good pitcher who's just firing strikes, like, he's fucked. He's not getting big hits against tough pitchers. He just knows which pitches not to swing at, which if you can't hit the, the cookies, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I you watch his at-bats, and I, I think, like, you know, guys like us, like, we're genuinely looking for something positive. Oh, and, yeah. you know, and he's, you know, he's battling. He sees a lot of pitches. Like, I'd be curious. He's got to be top 10 of, like, seeing the most pitches. And, like, there's some value to that. But, like, that's immediately negated when you get picked off at second base. Right, exactly. And it, it's one thing if he was struggling at the plate, but he was hustling his balls off and playing great. Like Lindor on the Mets. Like he's he's sucked for them, but he's playing great defense. You know, he's sprinting around the bases. It's different. Hicks, you can just kind of tell. Hicks is out there up. early for batting practice, they say. He's like the oh. only guy. So like, hey, at least like he's doing that. But I just like I don't know. Like if he just got slower, it really does look like there's a lack of effort when it comes to being athletic, which we've harped on for, you know, a couple of years, driven by you. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, tonight they're going Florial in center, Hickson in left. I agree with that. Florial, like, we don't know if he can hit, but at least he's going to fly around the field, play solid defense. You know what I mean? And Hicks isn't going to do that. My last ditch effort to Hicks is I would go to him and I'd say, you're right-handed now. Like, just, just bat right-handed. I mean, just see what happens. It's a last resort. Yeah, I mean, hey, we've got the best record in the league, and none of that's because of what you've done from the left side of the plate. Yeah, no, you're right. And every year as we approach the trade deadline, it seems like there's always one obvious need, right? In 2019, like everybody knew we needed a starter. Last year, everybody knew we needed a lefty bat. And this year, I think it's pretty obvious everybody knows we're going to be looking for a center fielder. Like it's our one hole, really. I mean, we've got Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean it, I, it, that works in the playoffs, but like, can they can they sustain him and him in center and ju- and um, stand and right? You know, five well, times I, so that I, scares me. I've seen some chatter about Benintendi. I'd love that. I'd love that. I've always liked Andrew Benintendi, Benny Biceps, um, but you know, it how's it going to fit? kind of thing like you know you've got to if you're going to bring in another outfielder we got to give up on someone and i don't think as you get into the playoffs that person's not tim lacastro because you just you need that speed like you get into the playoffs you need that 26 guy to just be able to go take bases yeah 100 percent. and ben intendi's a guy we know he's not afraid of the spotlight we know he loves hitting at yankee stadium his swing is is pretty much built for our stadium and he, he killed us in yankee stadium specifically with the red sox I, yeah i'd I'd love to bring him in. And, yeah, like Castro's got to be just like the playoff pinch runner. Like, he can't be starting a game. Yeah, I mean, Benny Tendi, I mean, he's older now, so he probably he what, hasn't. 28? He can't be, like, that old. 
Well, I'm just saying he hasn't played center field since 2019. But he played some. He played a good amount of center field. Damn, he was born in 1994. So that would make so he's two years younger than me. Yeah, so yeah, 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be him. He's got 71 games in center field in his career. But you know, I think when it comes down to it, we're looking at like you. You almost need like to make a move like that. Like let's get a season-ending injury to someone. Yeah, no, and I just think that the again, like in the playoffs, like judge and center and stand and right, you know, that sounds fine. All through the summer, that it's like I, I don't know, one of them, one of them's going to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, I've liked seeing Stanton out there. Uh, you know, I like him being, you know, being a ball player. As we get into the dog days, there's going to be cramps and shit like that. Like, yeah, get the days off. But now at the same time, like, so we still need a catcher. Trevino at the end of that game yesterday looked fucking lost. I was like, oh, we got Gary back. Um, Higgy is Higgy sucks. Higgy just sucks, man. Yeah, like we and now he's got COVID, right? Yep. So. Like, we still need a catcher. We maybe need some bullpen help. And I think the nice to have is the outfield at this point. Because the other okay. two are more. Interesting. So you, but, like, who? what catcher, what stud catcher are they going to bring in? There's, I don't know that there. there's a stud, but, like, we, we hardly have serviceable. No, I just pulled a Higgy's baseball reference page. 154 batting average with a 219 OBP and no homers and five RBIs. That is... That is just brutal. Hideous. I, He's got a negative war. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you were. we went into the season with backups, you know, and, and yeah. the hope is that, like, at some point we'd go in and get a starter. I mean, Sean Murphy's having a little bit of a down year, but, yeah, yeah he's been in 201. Wilson Contreras, is he still on the Cubs? Yeah, yeah, and so there's been some chatter about that, you know. I mean, I think we got to see, but, like, there are – like we we've got the best record in baseball, but we're not quite built to to make a long run. I know that you have to go for softball soon. I just want to tell you one quick funny story. Yeah, yeah. So the Yankees lose the first game yesterday, mm-hmm. and I've still got in the living room the MLB TV on, so it's just got the like logo, and it's like your broadcast is completed. Yeah, yeah. And it's on for like 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I got to let the dogs out. So I just go, I can't believe the Yankees lost that game. Say that to myself. And my toddler just goes, the Yankees suck. And my wife just goes, where the hell did she get that? I go, I don't know. She's been around for two. This is her third season. I've said that a lot. (laughs) First time she's ever said suck. Damn. First time she's ever said Yankees. She sees the logo and she says baseball. Oh, cool. But she said Yankees suck. Is she gonna be a, a hater? You think? Like, no, no, no. She no, no, no. She was just mimicking the thing that ah. I've said. Probably the most common phrase that I've said over the last three years. Yeah, if you think about when she was born, yeah, that makes sense. She's only seen twenty and twenty-one, which they did suck both yeah. of those years. Yeah. So she, she was born at the wrong time, uh, Yankee-wise, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought she was gonna be a champion early, but she's not. No. Nah. Well, we got a big week coming up. We've got Baltimore. Uh, so we've got to we got to win that. We're going to Tampa. Nick's going on his honeymoon. Key West Saturday Saturday. So next week I will I don't know I'll have a I'll have a guest co-host. I'm gonna see the prestigious the famous Lone Depot Park. 
in Miami. That's pretty sick. I know a girl who I know a girl who works in ticket sales down there. I can't imagine what I mean. What the commission on nothing is, <laughs> dude. I, what do you? So I'm going. It's a Thursday night, and it's Giants versus the Marlins. You, over under, let's say, thirty eight hundred fans. Maybe tickets sold. I don't okay. know how many are going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> We're row six behind the dugout for $40. Dude, you're pitching the sixth inning. <laughs> Give me a stake in the team. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. You're the new Jeter. Uh, we haven't talked about it, but like, I, I, Derek Jeter in a Subway commercial is off-putting. It's embarrassing. It is off-putting. Like, What is going on here, Derek? Because when we were growing up, he was in there with, like, Brady and Tiger for, like, Gillette and all those cool Gatorade commercials. Like, everything he did was cool. Subway is, is so lame. But, like, I, I know it was, like, 1% or 2%, but, like, you owned a baseball team. You're not in Subway commercials. Yeah, and he made enough money in his career that you wouldn't think. Yeah, it was I, – I thought that was, was that He was wearing a jacket. He was wearing, yeah. like, a blazer. It was weird. Yeah. Hal, give him a part of the team. Well, are you gonna go to Are you going to Jeter Night Part Two? When is that? September 9th. I mean, that's way too far away for me to think about. Gotcha. But I I think they're gonna try and kind of bring him back into the into the organization a little bit now that he's done with the Marlins because he kind of distanced himself. Well, he had to. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Like, there's only one team for sale. Yeah. You get that team. You can't be like, oh, I'm in love with this other team. Like, and he's a competitor. He's genuinely trying to win a World Series. I think he would have made them very competitive if they, you know, if he was able to like stay the course. Um, oh yeah, it's a Friday night. I'm surprised they didn't crank that out for Sunday for nine eleven with like fo- going up against football. Oh right, yeah, the week, the week, the classic week one. It worked out perfectly for me. So we have a we have a wedding that Saturday. I think it's the tenth in like upstate New York or something, something like that. So I was like, hey, James. Friday night, we'll go up. We'll be halfway there. We'll stay in the city. We'll wake up Saturday, and we'll, we'll go to the wedding. She there you go. In. There you go. There you go. Yeah, no, that's too far away for me to to have any idea where I'll be in life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, a lot, lot going on, though. It's going to be a big week. The, the Tampa – I know we got Baltimore now, but the Tampa series, I think, I think is going to tell us a lot for sure. Yeah, we can't look past Baltimore, though. That's how you miss the playoffs. Yep. All right. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. If you are in Key West or have any hookups, Nick's going to be there starting this Saturday until next Saturday. So tweet at him. Give him recommendations. It's going to be a very romantic honeymoon. Oh, dude. So I'm friends with you. Maybe your wife on Facebook, but definitely you. Yeah. You guys got someone a like gift because they're pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they posted about it on Facebook on Tuesday and like tagged you. And it yeah. popped on my feet, and I was like, I was pretty high. And I was like, uh, fucking Jamie pregnant? I think she was slugging beers at her wedding. My wife is like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She looks, and she's like, you're a moron. They bought someone a gift. <laughs> so I thought for a second you got it done. Not not quite. I, although I was actually, uh, I, I just realized J- Jamie did that, and I got the notification. I was like, oh, I guess we, guess we bought something. Yeah, I <laughs> guess we did. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but someone asked me to be their kid's godfather like a month ago. They're like, oh, I was like, as long as we both agree that I don't believe in God, like, sure. And then I then was it like, works. I was like, hey, babe, I'm a godfather. Can you like just package, get some stuff, and send it to this kid? <laughs> Classic. May the Lord be with you, and also with you. We'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.